Hang on, you just said it's not old school, it's mid school. Mid school. What the fuck? What the fuck's mid school? school? Man, I've learnt all this from uh, this guy. Anyway. Yeah. What the fuck is mid school? It's different ages. Is that it's a new thing? Because no. Old school now is really old. And old school is not back, so old. Back us. Mid school's halfway. Anyway, mid school. Halfway from what? Oh, I don't know. I have to ask him. You're so making the rules up as you go. No, so I'm not. Mid school then new school. Is there new school? Well, no, no. Like you're, you're just at school. school. Mid school. New wait. school, mid school, old school. You're either at school, old school, and now you're at mid school. No, wait. We'll find out. Wait. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What's mid school? Okay, and and what's oh old God, school? Now it's got a date on it. <laughs> from '95 back. Okay, because I'm having a fight here about. And, all and this. is there new school or is it just school? New school. There is a new school. New school is now from 2005 onwards. There you go. From 2005 onwards. Okay. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. You're listening to the All Talk Car Post Podcast. Hosted by Peter Onis. I can't speak tonight. Joining me tonight is Tom, the roving reporter. G'day, everyone. And we're back at the Rick Shaw Racing Lair. Due to popular demand, we had a great response uh, on the last occasion with young Tom talking about racing and his debut years. Uh, this time, I think we're going to... Tom's here, as well as Rick. G'day, good evening. And we've also got Philos Security for us. So he's in the background making sure we don't get... Robbed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, we're back here with the Shaw family. Thank you for inviting us back. But today, we're going to talk about some old school racing with Rick. But just before we get into you, Rick, I just want to get an update with Tom. You got invited to Hyundai with a TCR Cup car. Yeah. How's you guys, it going? Thanks for having me on again. Um, yeah. Fortunately, I had a go in the TCR yeah. Australia car with HMO and. That was unreal. So different compared to what I'm used to. So being thrown in the deep end in that car was unreal. They and liked what they saw? They liked what they saw. And um, you liked what you drove? And I liked what I drove. Um, yeah, it was just a real race car. Normally in the RX-8, a right-hand drive yeah. car. Um, Semi-slicks. That's right, on the left-hand left hand side. Yeah. Slicks and turbo. Two-liter turbo. Like we said last time, if anyone wants to follow Tom and, and back him, you just email us at all talk at outlook.com.au and, 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 and sponsor a young and up and coming racer, which is a second generation from Rick, mate. Good evening, how are you? G'day, guys. How are we? Good, mate. Good. Thank, thanks for having me mate. on the show. No, thank you for having us. And like I said, we got a great response last time, and everyone, we want, we're going to go back back a couple of decades and, and find out how you stumbled your way into racing and, and with cars, etc. Mm-hmm. Was it was it from a young whippersnipper, or how did you get into it? You, you want to know who let me loose? Who let you loose? Who 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 showed you the? Who, who gave you that first what pint of oil that got you uh, got you into it? it? Well, it probably all started how it starts with most of us on the street, being <laughs> a lair and letting our hair down and doing the things yeah. we shouldn't have been doing, and we knew it at the time, but shit it was fun yeah and hopefully we didn't get into too much trouble it's before you had license i bet yeah oh yeah yeah before the license and then even after the license came the license was a, a license to do it so where'd you grow up sydney you're sydney based yeah. yeah sydney based mainly so yeah. you know and so what was uh, the first set of wheels you got behind oh god i think it was a um gotta think 
whose car it was and what car it was. The first car I ever owned was a Mazda RX-3 with a rotary engine in it. So you've had rotaries go through from day one? Yeah, yeah, myself, yeah, yeah. A couple of piston cars here and there, but I won't talk about those. No, no it's always so. been rotaries. Yeah. yeah. So the RX-3, was it fairly new back in your day? or? <laughs> Not, How do you lucky? It's not like you've got a walking stick. I'm not stick. that old, but, yeah. but you know. <laughs> um, so, you know old, school. old school. Old school. Don't not mid school. With mid school. No, we, we've got this old school, mid school argument happening here, <laughs> and then we think we've just got. Is it new school? Well, no, like, yeah, new it's, school. It's, it's 2005 new? onwards, yeah. and mid school was under two, uh, 97. Oh, I can't Mate, remember when what you said. When you say RX3, that's old school. Yes, yes. That's old school. So you're running around with the, with the rotaries? Yeah, you're just thrashing around on the street with rotaries. So did you start dabbling under the bonnet? Like, is that your yeah, first experience? Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Were you the type of guy that just pulled everything apart and then... Um, worked out how things worked and put them back together. And yeah. sometimes, well, most of the time you got it wrong and you just worked it out. And, and put know, it back in. Just educated yourself and hoped for the best. And sometimes the things you thought were the right way to go or were better weren't necessarily yeah. better, you know? And you'd be walking home, but ah, yeah, dabbled with cars and on the on the bitumen and a bit on the dirt, you know, out out in the, the dirt roads outside Sydney. And so who was it? Was it just your mates? Who, what was the influence? Yeah, it was just like what your old man do? Oh, he had nothing to do with cars. Oh. He was a mechanical engineer. Or still okay, is, yeah, he's still kicking, but you know, a mechanical engineer, but no, nothing to do with cars. Wow, and and a different generation, you know. So. Did he ever help you with any other cars? Nah. No, nothing. Nothing. No, just did it all myself. We and my mates, you know, just found. So you're the pioneer. Yeah, yeah. And with rotaries, just pulled one apart. You know, pulled one out of the car and pulled one apart, and had no idea what we were doing, and just mucked around with it until, you know, one day you screwed one together and it actually worked. It started and ran. Ain't it funny how it all starts? eh? like, and and you stayed with rotary, but didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Since sort of. 1980, I think, was the first time. 8081 was the first time I put. That's old school. I put an engine in an RX3 for a mate and got it running. You know. But is it like and paid 200 dollars for a second-hand rotary engine and, and put it into an RX3? But but even but even back then, was it was it like just from another world a rotary engine? Was it? Yeah, no, mean, one knew, no, one, no one really knew what they were. Yeah, you know? and, and and there was no cult following, and there wasn't groups, and there wasn't you know like we've got today clubs and yeah. What have you? Obviously, no internet back then. And, and no. Yeah. So basically, I mean, just for those who are not sort of mechanically minded, I mean, your standard engine's got cylinders and pistons, and those go up and down. You got V8s and sixes and fours, where yeah. a rotary's got no such devices. It's just, it's just literally what it is. It's a rotor. It's, it's a rotor. A triangular piston inside that spins. That spins round and round and round. A, a stationary gear mounted in the middle. And it's got teeth on it, like a gear, and it just just goes and that's what produces and, 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 and turns, turns the crankshaft, which is called an eccentric shaft in the centre, which turns the flywheel, and the rest is history. Through the gearbox, back down to the differential, and the tyre starts smoking. So, well, that's the thing. I mean, there's small displacement, but they they get the power of a bigger engine. Like like a 1.3 rotor is as big as as, as powerful as like a two two and a half litre car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's a, a two rotor, but it's like a three, six cylinder. Where is the problem with the rotary? Well, it's always been in the ceiling of the uh, the seal, the internal seals, and and how how they wear, and you know, Mazda have developed that over the years, and they're pretty good now. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, Mazda have done an exceptionally good job developing the rotary engine to what it is now. And say the RX8s. Yeah, the RX8s, 
and and then then they developed it better with the second generation RX8. And they got it pretty right there. Mm. So it'd be nice if they continued it, but they stopped making. But it that's in a rumor. Every every year you hear oh. there's a rotary coming. There's a rotary. There's a ro- rumor now. There's you, a rotary. Don't, don't hold your breath. You know. But is it? Would a rotary engine work with, say, like a, a hybrid? Because everything, everyone wants electric now and, and well, hybrids. they're looking at using the hydrogen version of the rotary engine in conjunction okay. with hybrid cars. So electric and hydrogen at the same time. Because of the small displacement, they're not as heavy. No, that's right, yeah. And it would make sense to and put And they take a, up very little room. So it would make sense in sort of like, would it work with a hybrid? It would. And Mazda's developing it and putting a lot of money into it. Okay. Yeah, they were testing an RX-8 at Nürburgring a little while ago, which I believe had uh, a hydrogen engine. Okay. So there are, they're still tinkering. There's just yeah. nothing official. No, no. But when we'll see it, when it'll filter through to be in production, who knows? Yeah. Don't hold your breath. They see all these mock-ups. Mazda do concept RX-9 and all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Popping up on Facebook. Yeah, just sort of get sick and tired of seeing all the pictures. You just actually want them to go ahead and do it. But it could happen. I mean, there's like 30, 40 years of a mid-engine Corvette that finally came. Yeah, but they, they're still playing with it, sort of, yeah? Yeah. 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 yeah, they're playing and developing. It's not done and dusted. It's not dead and buried. Yeah. I've got a question. I, like, I'm, not a, I'm not a cubic inch person, right? Triple rotor, what does that mean? Well, that's just an extra cylinder, triangle cylinder, added onto the existing two. And then there's a four rotor. That's just four of them. And how much? And it just increases the torque, increases the power. Why don't a lot of people do that then? Well, reliability. I mean, is it is well, it like getting a seven? Pintos is showing us a dollar sign. Yeah, is it, well, money, but is it like getting a seven eight liter engine? Is, does it? Because they're not in production. Does it? You get, can't buy a production three or four rotor engine. They build them here, don't they? Well, it's all custom built, yeah. hand built, yeah. right. engineered on the side, you know, to order, not a production. So you talk about cube, big cube engines like you like, Tom. Well, everybody just takes an existing V8 from whatever brand mm. or stable they want to take it from, and then you modify it. But it started as a V8. Yeah, and the manufacturers make V8s. Mazda used to make rotaries that don't make them anymore. They've stopped. Maybe they'll start again. But they didn't make, they made a few, one model with the Cosmo, which had a three, three rotor engine. But they're hard, they're like, you know, a lot yeah. more shit to get now. Yeah, but like, you could buy, like, say, for a freeway, a stroker kit. Yeah. Make it a 355 or whatever you're going to make it. It's a 13B what? and a 20B and now whatever they're calling yeah. the other ones. So your stroker out. kit you buy aftermarket is now like your three-rotor or four-rotor kit. That's right. To build a three- or four-rotor rotary engine. But you it's can buy that. aftermarket now. Yeah, you can buy them. You can build them. Why doesn't everyone do it there? Someone's Four's built a six-rotor engine over in New Zealand. Why? Because they could. They wanted to do it. I'm sure the ones in Facebook are they're building the end of the four-rotors. How much power does that six rotor pull out? Yeah. I don't know what it makes. Yeah. But would it make stupid horsepower or just I think it was, it was normally aspirated so, I, I, you know, it wasn't stupid, stupid power. But, but for, the, for the size and weight of the engine, it was pretty phenomenal power weight. And was it like a drag car or was that like a track car? Like, I think they did it for dragging. For dragging. Hold, Holden's dragging. put Mazda rotaries in their cars too for a bit. The HZ, I think it was. Yeah, the, that was the Mazda Road Pacer. Well, yeah, so basically the, the Kingswood yeah, that's right. was sent to Japan and they put a rotary engine in it and they used it as a limo and it was so heavy and, too heavy, yeah. and, and the rotaries, and there's only a handful, because in Japan they crush their cars after eight, ten years 
there's only a handful of Mazda road pacers, so Google that, kids. You'll see an HZ Kingswood with a rotary engine in it. Most manufacturers have played with rotary engines. Yeah. Just didn't put them into production. So they had concept cars. Yeah. Even Mercedes played with it. But they make the starter motors like a rotary now, you know, for the stop-start. Yeah. The start, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure, but I heard that the starter motors are made like a rotary sort of like thing because they're cranking over so much. Yeah. But I, going back in the Mercedes, it was that orange Goldwing, that 70s... That was it? What did they call yeah, it? Yeah, I can't remember what that was called, a C113 or something. It was... Yeah, I just have visions of it on a, on a bowl doing high-speed tracking but what yeah, was it a rotary yeah it was a rotary even yeah mercedes had a go and it was an orange like going lamborghini looking 70s really? coupe thing but you mentioned nurburgring earlier and we got a taste of it from last time we met you've been out on the nurburgring mm, yeah i've i've spent quite a bit of time like i've i've spent a bit of time on playstation that's as close as i've got to nurburgring <laughs> where you can crash and start again mate is it it's called the green hell is is that that's right. Is it the the green hell because it's pretty lush and green over there yeah. most of the year when it's not covered in snow, and it is like hell. It can be hell, and it's not very wide the track. I've heard it's pretty narrow. In some places, it's reasonably narrow, but but when I say it can be hell, it's because when things go wrong there for people, and a lot of the time it can high speed, then you know it, it can be like hell. But yeah. it's it's probably the most grueling testing place to drive a car you know anywhere in the world as far as racetracks go and that's why all the manufacturers are based there and they use it as a as a, a test yeah. track to develop you know because you've got everything you've got it's it's, it's, it's about 20 how, how big is it 20 kilometers how, how, no it's actually two circuits there yeah that join together to make one big long track so yeah. the, the shorter circuit they call the north schleimer which is the northern circuit yep is 20.5 kilometers a lap yeah. And then you've got the Grand Prix track where the Formula One goes. Yeah, yeah. And that's another six. It ends up being about, you know, it's five and a half or six or something. So if you, yeah, if you run It's it like 26 together. kilometers of full lap, and that's what they use for the 24 hour race every yeah. year. And how long is Bathurst? 6.2. So it's, it's, it's four Bathurst tracks with one pit lane. Because you still have to go full lap to get to pit. Pit. Far out. And they have the radio, like it's mountains too. Does the radio yeah. work throughout the track? No. <laughs> so, uh, the, Rick should be coming around the corner. He's, oh, uh, we're going to go look for him. <laughs> he hasn't come around. A lot of the teams that race there all have relay stations as such. Oh, okay. To, to bounce the signals. But, yep. but when we raced there, we didn't have that luxury. So we had certain points on the circuit where we knew or tested that we could get radio contact back to the pits. Yep. And they were points where we'd radio in. Just to let them know that we're still alive and still going. So what? Yeah, well, yeah, okay. What 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 race did you do there? What what? what? Well, the twenty-four hour Nurburgring races run every year. Is that produ production cars or it's, is that? No, it's a, well. When I started in two thousand and two, it was uh, some of it was production based cars, yeah. from little four-cylinder shopping trolleys up to GT three cars, yeah, right, which were fast. And now it's predominantly GT three. Yeah. So it's gone through its evolution, much like the Bathurst 12-hour did here, where it used to be a production car race. Yep. And they started letting the faster cars in, Ferraris and Porsches and what have you. And the next so thing you know... different classes. Yeah, well. different yeah. classes. And the next thing you know, it's been taken over and it's all just purely GT3 now and you, they won't let you run a production-based car. Yeah. So Nürburgring's going that way. So after a few years, as I said, I started there in 2002, but after a couple of years, they stopped letting the little 1600cc engine cars in. 
They were too slow. And the speed differentials between the slower so cars got and the faster dangerous. cars, it's too dangerous. Yeah. And then more and more professional drivers were getting involved, bigger teams, more money. It was getting faster and faster, bigger and bigger. And then the professional drivers were driving, you know, uh, in, in a manner that was a harder pace. Yeah. And and there was more accidents with the slower sort of, you know, gentleman drivers as they call them, yeah. not so experienced drivers. What, so what were you racing there? What, what sort of car? What were you in? First thing I drove there was a Honda and, uh, you know, a, a VTEC Honda Type R Civic. Yep. And for what it was, it was a pretty quick little car, but it was one of the slower cars. On You're talking track. 230 cars that were starting the race. Is it a staggered start? They start them in three groups. Yeah. So, depending upon qualifying speed and time, it yeah. puts you into whichever group, first, second, third. So it's like the city to surf. Exactly. <laughs> runs from two yeah, Too many runners to start all at once, so they split you up, you know. Let the fastest lunatics yeah. go first, and then the the, the, the middle school lunatics, as yeah, Tom would say, go, there, right. go next, and then the old school lunatics up the back. But yeah, it's um, so it's gone through a little bit of change yeah. over the years. But I've driven BMWs, I've driven GT3 Porsche. Will you ever learn that track? As well as the Germans know it, who race it there often, no, because yeah. we get to go once a year. How can yeah. you learn it? But I can close my eyes and I can do a whole lap and I know where I am, I don't yeah. get lost, I know where the bumps are, I know where yeah. to place the car. Yes, I've learned all that. I know there's a, a, a dry line versus a wet line. And I was going to say, for throwing conditions, and you need just to know to those sort of things. Yeah. Um, you know where to stay out of out of uh, the way of faster cars, you know, yeah. you, you know, just placement of the car for safety. Um, but because it's 24 hours, you're running in the dark. So then you've got headlights behind you, which you've got to try to recognise if it's a fast car, slow car. They used to run the fastest cars, fastest 20 used to run yellow covers on their headlights so that you knew it was a faster car. And then they went to a flashing blue light system. Yeah. So you see the blue light flashing so coming you, behind yeah. you, you know, get out of the way. Um, and some of these drivers, if you don't move, they're going to move you. Yeah. And I've been bumped off the track several times. Have you been tricked by someone that's, like if you're coming third, the fourth is behind you and they, they act like... They're going to no, I can't, can't say that's it, happened, but, like, but sometimes there'll be a car behind you in the middle of the It's not a bad night, idea. You know, you know. Particularly if it's raining and it's yeah. even harder to see. Yeah. And you think, shit, those lights behind me, I think that's a faster car. And then it just turns out to be a slower. It's actually slower, but maybe it's doing a good job of keeping Keep up. It up yeah. you know, and, and, you, and you go, oh, I don't need to let him by. And at night, is there animals as well there, or are they scared off from the noise? No, the, the road, there's, there's not a roadkill problem. There's no, yeah, there's no, no I've got kangaroos, but there's no, bathos, no. But there's no reindeer or fuck, I don't know what, what no, fucking the, animal that Germany The thing that's different is the crowd, that they go mental and they're all camped around like 250 people. Camping around the track. And Jerry doesn't have a big problem. Bonfires and fireworks and rocket launches and lasers and... Oh, who knows? They have have nightclubs. They have, like, outdoor nightclubs and... They build mini mini cities everywhere around the track. I remember one German mob used (laughs) to set up... I'll just block here where the radio doesn't reach anyone. I'll I'll be back in a couple of laps. (laughs) Like, the Bathurst crowd goes crazy, but they, they probably have more beer there than Bathurst. Really? Oh, is it that... They, it, 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 it is lunatic. The things you see, it just you just you have to be there to believe it. Well, there was, as I was saying, there was one 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 German team. They built a two-story lodge out of wood and steel. <laughs> it had an air-operated elevator. Really? <laughs> just because they could. They'd have hot tubs 
and they sit in a hot a tub crazy. against the fence and watch the cars go past. Yeah, probably having sex too. Party twenty four yeah. seven, you know. And, and, just, and they draw on the road. Like I don't get it. What do yeah. they? What do the messages say? Like oh, they paint on the road for all their their favourite drivers or teams or yeah. cars or you know they're fanatics. So they, do they leave the writing on there or do they paint it all up? They paint it. It stays on it there. Stays on there. It's paint. There was a big shit fight recently. They were talking about they shouldn't let them paint the road anymore. It's dangerous. For it cause cars to crash. And you go, well, hey, they've been doing it for how many years yeah. now? It's part of the event. It's part of the history. It's a part of the character. Let them keep doing it. I'll have to do it up at Bathurst next year. Oh, Get my spray cans yeah. out, my roller, my yeah, thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go rear carotid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they but, wouldn't let that at Bathurst. No. They'll, they'll be out there painting the black, but then if it rains, you'll slide straight off it. But I was going to say with the Nurburgring as well, like, the the track the other side of the track might be raining yes. and you're on slicks yes like, and, and and the other half's dry yeah, yeah. what and do you do 2016 we had hail and everybody was slipping and sliding and crashing on the hail so, it was just ludicrous so and, you survived and, and, and 24 hours be three o'clock and, and there's fog and when you hit the fog you don't see the fog coming like you're driving just into just, it and yeah. you don't see it coming in the dark until you suddenly drive oh, into the lights it. Yeah. bounce off and, and and you hit this fog at you know, 100 miles an hour or whatever you're doing and you absolutely shit yourself because you can't see anything. So then you're driving looking at the white line on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you're trying to find another race car that's got better lights than you and then you're following, you know? Far out. And, and you know, you, I watched the Formula 1 the other night. It's all about consistent lap times. What's a, what's a variation of a consistent lap time? If you're out by 20, 30 seconds, is, you that, can be. is that consistent? Yeah, yeah. well, I, normally only if there's something happening on the track. So there's a yellow, a yellow oh, so zone. They, yeah. So there's been an accident and they bring the yellow flags yeah. out and you've got to drive through that zone at 60 kilometres an hour. Yeah, okay. And if you go through too fast, the, the marshals right. are standing there with the flags in their hands and if you go through too quickly, they'll actually hit the car with a flag. Oh, shit. Like smash, go bang, you know, like slow down. Yeah, 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 sort yeah. of thing. But well, all the cars have got GPS speed, things in the now that so they know where yes, you are yeah. and how fast you're going and they know if you come into a yellow zone and you're going too quick you get penalized yeah, you yeah. said something that section's only got a yellow flag mm. yeah the tracks that okay bathurst the whole track goes yellow Oh, oh, not necessarily. No, any racetrack can have a section, only a small section yeah. that, that there's yellow. There's debris or yeah. The, so we've got that in Australia where I mean, yeah. I thought the whole track goes yellow. Not always. Oh. It'd be unusual. There's that would be a safety car. If you watch the F1, yeah, safety car. Yeah. The F1's in three sectors, and you see yellow sector. Yeah, the same with Bathurst. Yeah. Or they don't have safety cars at Nurburgring. The tracks do. Yeah, they'll just have the yellow zones. Okay. okay. That's what happened okay. on the weekend. There was a car. Crash in the wall on the side, yellow I came into the corner, chasing a guy right up his ass, we both had to sort of button off, yellows, yellows, and then the car crashes there, next guy was there, green straight away. Yeah. So, yeah, and yellow portion. Yellow means slow down, no overtaking, yeah. and then once you've got yeah. the green flag, you're, you're back on. No matter of five seconds, you just have a lift, you see yeah. the crash on the right hand side, and you're back on it. Yeah, and, and red flag means race stopped. Red flag will mean race stop. Anywhere yeah. you go in the world, it's, it's over. Yeah. Stop. You know? Well, you don't stop. You, you, you go. Well, you get into pit. Yeah, you, you make your way. back to the pit at, yeah. a, at a really slow pace. Yeah. Formula One, once in Adelaide, red flag, and the race drivers, by the time we knew what happened, they are already at the airport to go back. <laughs> that's not that quick. That's, that's what happened. We were waiting there. They got red flag. It was raining. Yeah. Too dangerous to, to thingy. Yeah. We were still getting soaked. And, and next thing you yeah. Well, the next yeah, race drivers are already at the airport leaving. <laughs> They're not even there for the ball that night. They're no, the race got cancelled. No, no. Benetton ball. The Benetton ball. Yes. 
What year was that, Tom? Uh, Adelaide, well, that'd be very, very long time that'd ago. That'd be old school, wouldn't it? Yeah, old school, yes. <laughs> no, 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 it could be mid school. Mid school, mid school, mid school, mid school, F1. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so, the other thing with the, with the Nurburgring, going back to Nurburgring, is that carousel. There's two, I think there's two carousels on there's the two. PlayStation. There's yeah, two. Yeah, there's two. <laughs> what the fuck is that corner about? Like, what happens there? Well, it's, it, it's a banked concrete corner. And it's like blocks of concrete. Yeah, and it's really rough and bumpy, and it doesn't matter if you're in a slow car or a fast car, everything goes through there at pretty much the same speed. Do you stay on top or get in it? You can go up on top and go around, and some of the cars choose to do that. What are you talking about? There's Carousel's a, a banked corner. So you, right, you've yes, got the yes, Nurburgring, yeah. and it's almost, it's not a hairpin, is it? It's over 180 degrees okay. around, and it's, I don't know how, how steep it is, but it's only just wide enough for one car. So you've got to follow oh, where really? it's in front of you. Yeah, so it's not an overtaking corner. No. But then at the top of the carousel, it's flat bitumen. So you can actually go up on the flat bitumen like section that. and drive around that if you wanted to. Velodrome, that's the word I'm looking for. Almost, yeah. Velodrome with the top bit. Like a velodrome. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it's concrete blocks. It's not smooth. Tom's just showing a photo to Roman Reporter. So, yeah, it's, but it's not smooth. It's, it's, no, it's, it's really concrete. Bu- it's really it's bumpy. bumpy. Yeah. Really bumpy, and, and it's hard on the car. So if you try to drive through really fast, you, you're being well, too hard it. on the car. So it's they write a lot of uh, words on that bank, too. Yeah, well, yeah. See it. yeah. And then there's another sort of smaller one. There's a smaller one. But the bitumen section on the outside that's flat, that, that starts to accumulate bits of car and From, oil. So it's not a safe line shit. either. No, and if you get up on there, you can run something over where you've got limited grip. And there's not much room to... So it's slower to go around the top. Yeah, and there's not much room. If you do go off, you're off. There's an armco. Yeah, it's you're pretty That's much... That's the thing with Nervo Ring. It's armco everywhere. There's no runoff areas. Yeah. So if you make a mistake, you're into the wall. And it's such a high average speed everywhere. Like the tracks here in Australia, you know, back to second gear for this corner, third gear there. With Nürburgring, it's like fourth, fifth and sixth gear if you've got it. Yeah. You know? Like a slow corner's almost flat out in third. Shit. Is there's not a lot of what we call slow corners. Not not when you're racing, but I heard when you do when you pay your toll and do your lap. If yeah. you hit the arm it's like a 90, it. 90 euro a meter. Yeah, it's like 90 euro a meter or something. I mean, if you go off, you're going to go off for a good 50, 60, 100 meters. Yeah. It's not cheap. You've got to pay for it. They give you the bill. Yeah. So, so, what? So, okay. I mean, Rick, Rick's talking about racing at the track. Yeah. If you went on a non-race day or a non... Um, people yeah, just, just your car. Like, it's open to the public. Yeah. yeah. Like General Motors like or, or Mercedes, like... Car companies actually book the ring, so but on public days it's got like a toll gate, so you can't do like a full lap. There's a part where you you pay like 10, 20 euro for a lap. Yeah, it's like a toll, like a gate. It opens it's up and gate. you go hell for leather. You buy what they call your fun tickets, and one That's ticket gets you to do a lap. So you go out there in a road car. It's probably going to take you like 15 minutes to do a lap. Yeah, and if you go off and hit the Armco, they send you a bill. And it's like 90 euro a meter. That's crazy. Yeah. That's good, but... But it's also, it's dangerous. And, 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 <laughs> the, and the thing is, you've also got the... These motorbikes. The, and the M5 yeah. ring taxis. So you, you can, you've got to book it. If you just turn up on the day, it's probably booked out. But you can pay, they've got, they call them M5 ring, the BMW M5s. They call them ring taxis. You, you buy a ticket in the seat. There's three of you. Yeah. And they take you full, like, the driver, that's their job. They just go around... Really? The track and you're there like going 100 percent. Look what they got over there to what we've got here, eh? Oh, well, a little bit more people. But the Nurburgring was going broke. It's not. 
it's not feasible. Some um, they try to do a fun park there, an amusement park. Mm, they try. Yeah. It, it's not. It's expensive piece of real estate. It's not. Uh, but it's still there. They, they won't shut down. No, they can't. Yeah, they could. But they can't. But that's it's, it's a dream of mine. We'll get there one day. Have you have you raced anywhere else in Europe, like Spa? Have you done Spa? I've, I've driven around Spa in yeah. a car, but I haven't raced at Spa. That that uphill run is that is that corner that yeah is that corner that blind? It's 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 not blind going in. It's only blind coming up over the top. Yeah, over the top. Like you look at the sky doing what two hundred fifty. We're carrying on about a a a rouge, and I I know there's there's other places at Nurburgring that I find more frightening. Okay. That probably command certainly just as much respect. Yeah. But because the track average speed around Nurburgring is so high, it's it's a place that really sorts you out. You you you've got to have your nerves and your wits about you, otherwise. Don't go there. So what races do they have there? change is huge, you know, what, up and down. What races do they have at Nürburgring? What's the main one? 24 hour? 24 hour. The main, the main ones are 24 hour, but they also hold what they call VLN races. And that's GD3 cars. A bit like Bathurst. Yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 they have a lot the, you know, the shorter races, two hour races, three, four hour races. Yeah. And, and up to the 70s, they used to do Formula One there. That was a Formula One track. Up until the 70s, it got too dangerous. What, the long one? The, yeah, yeah, the long one, yeah. yeah. Imagine what they hit there. The, the yeah, day. it was a Formula One track. Is that what Nicky Lauda called for? Yeah, like, Nicky Lauda crashed and got his burn injuries from, from crashing at Melbourne. Yeah, it's, um, and they just, for, for F1 to say the 70s is too dangerous, yeah. mate, it's that, that must be yeah. effing dangerous there. To, oh, I'm, just, I'm hanging. I, was, I had a chance last year that didn't happen. Fucking COVID. But anyway. We can dare to dream. We'll get there one eventually. A bit like New Vegas. Oh yeah, you mate. <laughs> you're long overdue for SEMA. I've invited you every year. You Gotta just, finish the house. Yeah, they are that bloody house of yours. I tell you what. But yeah, but compared to Bathurst, I mean, you've raced at Bathurst what thousands of times. Uh, six times with the V8s and twice with the super. When we used to have super tours, the yeah, TV, the super tours. So that the early nineties? Were you were you there with the V8s? Yeah, through the nineties with the V8s. And then yeah. I did all the 24 hour races there and most of the 12 hour races and then a whole bit of other stuff in between. So did you, with the V8s, were you racing like every round or were you like a... No, just Bath, I was a co-driver. Co-driver. Yeah, I did a couple other rounds here and there. I did inaugural Queensland 500. And what, what car? Yeah, what were you in, a Corridor? Every, every time at Bathurst was Holden, <laughs> other than once. <laughs> once in a forward. Cubic inch. Prefer the Holden. Unless you're Peter Stuyvesant with, with uh, Moffat back in the in the eighties, there was no way you're going to drive a rotary around there. But oh, well, I had my own vert supercar. It was a hole in all. Yeah. Wasn't going to buy well, what was that? Well, I mean, Bathurst in a supercar, that'd be like the ultimate as well in Australia. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. It was fantastic. It was such a challenge. Yeah. Steep. Yeah, steep and fast. And, and there's no run off on some of those walls. Yeah, and unforgiving. And I've just been there with Tom. He's just done his first. My son yeah. Tom. He's just done his first uh, six-hour race there in the production car. So he knows what it's like now to drive around yeah. the flat out with the walls and what have you. But uh, no, no rain, luckily, and no hail, and no, no sort of three o'clock in the morning type stuff. So what was, what was it like in the nineties? I know that sounds a bit old. Is that old school? Mid school. Mid school. 
No, no, no. Old school. Old school. Old school. Old school. But they, they were hard cars to drive back then. They like there was they no, weren't as no power steering. Yeah, yeah well, was, the first the first Lansdale car I drove had no power steering. Yeah, like it wasn't... Um, it was a Perkins-built car, and, and just, it was that's a proper why they clutch. had big steering wheels on them, to make them easier to steer. And, and you had a proper clutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And clutch then, and a, and a, and was a, it a, a six... Six speed HK, like a proper H pattern yeah. dog box, so no yeah. synchros, dog box, and so you could you know flat shift on the upshift, and yeah, they were really good to drive, but you had hot. to man handle them and hot, yeah, hot inside the cabin. And how, how long did you shift it? An hour, probably about an hour, yeah, it would have been an hour to do, to do a shift, yeah. How much fuel did they hold? 120 was it? 120 so many liters were doing a lot back then. Was it 100 litres? I can't remember. Yeah, so many litres. So an hour do what? How many laps? It's about two, two and a half minutes around there. So you'd be doing what? Yeah, yeah, 20 doing, laps an hour? No, we're doing like two minutes, 20. So 20 laps an hour, 25 laps? Yeah. yeah. No, we're doing the numbers now, calculator yeah. kids. It's all too hard. It was so if you're doing so four litres, so you'd go to a whole tank in your shift? In yeah. yeah, yeah, you drive to the tank. So it'd be about four litres. And we always ran two drivers, you know? So you're doing four litres per lap. No, we were more than that back then. What are they doing now? Three, I can't remember, I've seen the thing where they had all the calculations. Oh, I was going to say probably four. Four, four litres. Yeah, and if they, I remember I watched the thing where they were calculating and if they backed off, short, shifted early or whatever, and they were saving like, you know. Oh yeah, they, they wouldn't they, they, like they, it. They, they saved like isn't, this when, isn't this when we say get our listeners to ring in if they know the answer? Yeah. <laughs> ring now and we'll take your call. Yeah. How many liters? But it's yeah. true. How many times? In the 90s was a V8 supercar using around Bathurst. But the front runners would time it where you would almost run out of fuel in the last lap. And it's yeah. happened in the past yeah. Yeah. where they, they, where they won't run. Finally line. controlled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like... Yeah. But, but does the pit crew know to the millimetre how much fuel you've got left? Yeah, with all the computers they do. Well, these days with data, with the more yeah, jets and everything, you know, it's made it easier, hasn't it? Someone cheated back then, put a bigger fuel line and curled it around. Oh no, yeah, I heard that was. Um, I, I'm just trying to remember. That was in the '60s. I think that was in NASCAR. They were playing with the rules. The tank had to be a hundred liters. Yeah, safe. but they ran the had fuel twenty liters of fuel line, fuel line through the car. Where was that NASCAR? Yeah, it was NASCAR in the '60s. Some guy in those galaxies. Those hey, well, hey. You've done nothing wrong, done. really. Yeah, then they go and rewrite the rules and yes. change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, well, as soon as you get caught. Yeah. Just a bit like, um, uh, Stra- uh, what was that, that, that sailboat that we won? The Wing Kill. Oh, but that was the within America's the rules, Cup. too. Yeah, America, that's it, America's Cup. That was they, within the rules as they well. They changed the rules. Yeah, but so this car, this had, um, and another car, I think it was in England, it was, I think it was a Cortina in the 60s, had two fuel tanks, or they, they could fill it up from two sides. So it was a quicker fill up. Yeah. So they could get out. So he had two necks. But ain't that govern, governed now? Smart. Yeah. Isn't that governed now fuel entry? Yeah, there's a restrictor in the fuel yeah. line. So yeah. the fuel only flows. So See, quickly. ain't it funny? You find that little niche and oh, then yeah. they block it off. In F1, and then, yeah. In every, I mean, you've, I'm assuming you've built a lot of race cars too. Like if you've got, like, is there, do you start with a book? Or do you start with a car and look at the book and go, we can do this, we can't do that? Are they screwed near everything? Yeah, I know that. But you, you, well, you're basically starting with a, a rule book. You have to. Because yeah. you've got to engineer everything you're doing around the rule book. You know, you can't just go, oh, let's do this because we want it. No, of course. Yeah, you've, got to, you've got to say, well, hang on, they're going to allow us to do this, this and this, so what's, what's the best alternatives here? 
that's going to work well together as a, as a bigger picture. But do you, do you do you look for this not a shortcut, but do you look for what you can get it's away with? Well, an edge. Well, that's my edge. edge. Yeah, but that's it's right. To find that edge, as Tom says, and you know, to stretch everything to the nth degree. So it went on back then, and it goes on it's, now, and it'll go well, on tomorrow. It's all about interpretation. Yeah. All about interpretation. What can you do? What are the words and the rules say that we can interpret slightly differently this way and, and get Bending away the with rules. it and be allowed to do it? Yeah, that's, that's the edge. But the, then the rule will get rewritten. Once yeah, it gets found, yeah, it gets yeah, rewritten. Like Formula One, aerodynamics and all that. Yeah. You see someone come up with it. Well, what what, for, what uh, Mercedes would complain about Red Bull is their wing was flexing, so it would. So that's or the size of the wing. Point, yeah. So because it was a flexible wing, it it go quicker in the straights because the wing would push the wing flatter, but then it stick up through the. And what happened to that? They still raced. They well, won. It's, like, it's they? like the Tomatex now. You know the. Everybody's got the same power, they can't go more. Yeah. So they're all playing on the dynamics of the car. Yeah. I remember when Holden, might have been back in the 90s with the V8 supercars, were using heat from the exhaust to warm up the front tyres, get better traction quicker than everybody else for, for qualifying. Yeah. And that wouldn't be the rule book. Do you remember something about that? Yeah. No. Back in the V8 supercars. And that wouldn't be the rule book. No one would think of that. It was just a, a, a feature. The something they were doing, something like the vent heat from the... Yeah, vent, you could shut it off, just like open yeah. pipe, shut it off. They got all the shut-offs, I put one on the Mustang, like, shut it off. We were talking the other night, I was talking with Hillel, and remember the, the, the Texaco Sierras, the Eckenberger cars? So basically, I've, what Hillel told me, you might even know, because you probably would have been there, but the way they picked that these cars were running a different suspension setup that was illegal, was there was a, a photographer taking photos of all the cars coming out of pit lane and there was like a uh, marshal sort of leaning on the car, sending them through. And when the Texaco cars came, he was actually, he nearly fell over because all the Sierras were the same height except for these ones. And the photographers went up to the marshal and said, did you notice you nearly fell over because they're a lot lower? He goes, no, not really. I know they modified it. They got in trouble for modifying their guards. What's the wheel tubs? Yeah. 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 So I thought it was the wheel tubs. Yeah, so, and they're running illegal fuel too, I think. Uh, I think they were just trying to throw the rule book at them. And yeah, because they wanted to stop it, because they were annihilating everything. Yeah, I know. And everyone's Brock's era uh, yeah, was, you know, like Brock, you know, help him out, let the yeah. VL win. And the it VL did, win. they can't, they knocked them off in there or something. Did you race with Brock? Have you ever met him? Yeah, 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 I raced against Peter when Bathurst. And Peter, he was doing a lot of tarmac rally stuff. Yeah. So I was, um, when I was doing a lot of tarmac rally with the Mazda, we were racing against Peter. Okay. He had a Daytona with a V8 yeah. thing mounted in the front of it, and we ran the twin turbo RX-7 FD. But we used to, you know, we used to beat Peter all the time. Nice bloke. Lovely guy. Yeah? Yeah, what a character. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have him around anymore. Yeah. Look, motorsport's full of characters. Yeah. So That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's characters great. and money. Money. How do, how do you keep going? We've got to keep trying to find sponsors. Is it sponsors? Yeah. That's what we're trying to do with Tommy now. Yeah. And you know, said that. We need to find the funding to keep him in the TCR car. Like, it's, it, it, is, is racing your hobby? I mean, uh, you, you, to find hobby, to me, I don't think it's a hobby. It's just a passion. It's a it's passion. It's a way of life. It's become a way of life for me because I've done it for, for so long now. How many because years have been you're racing? old school. Old school. <laughs> old school. <laughs> like, but even from the 70s, 80s, 90s, like, 
it costs money to, to race. It, yeah, yeah. it does. Even the cheapest categories that you can go into, and I own run one of the cheapest categories that you can mm. race in, which is the RX. Yeah, so, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. So that even that is is you know to the average person expensive to run. But it's, motorsport is still popular. Like people is. are doing it. There's, yeah. there's there's track days. There's there's tarmac rallies. There's Target Tasmania. There's Bathurst Supercar. There's F1. It, it just in all walks of life in every country, there's some form of racing, and it does cost money. But it's not a. It's, it's just something winning. to deal with. It's, it's something. It's yeah. the thrill of winning. It's it's. It's a thrill, and it's driven by passion. Yeah. You know. So the money's not an object. It's well, just the old, the old days. It was cheaper to run a car. Now there was all this safety and uh, electronics and. Uh, yeah, what well, they used to say, uh, on the way to Bathurst, stop it. Hold and afford buy a car and race in a day or something. They used to drive Did that race and, yeah. Is that true? They used to bring the GTs in the that, 60s and 70s. They used to drive them to the track. Cars were driven to the track, racing and yeah. driven home. All they did was take non-plates off. They drove the cars to the track. Well, the old days we used to get there, you know, the car we used to go to work, we used to rally it. Hmm. And then we would break it, then we were without a car. You only had one car when you were racing and uh, going home yeah. and... But, but the dollars is not a it doesn't prohibit people. You'll find a category or something that you can afford to keep your car going. Yeah, that's basically what I was trying to get at. That and you've you've added that the passion, the thrill, um, the excitement that you get out of it, it's worth whatever. You don't even consider how much it's going to cost you. Motorsport these days, there's there's an avenue that you can participate in at any level with just about any type of car from the bottom all the way up to the top, you know? You don't have to have some, you know, U-Butte, Ducks, Guts type car yeah. or race car that, that costs lots to run. You can go out there in your, you know, stock standard road car and it can be a, a little four-cylinder shopping trolley type yeah. thing. And there's still some form of motorsport or event that you can go and go compete into. in with that car like it is. Whether it's a hill climb or a dirt track there's something you can do with, with just about anything that's got four wheels or two wheels. Question that's always I want to ask you now, but especially in amateur racing, how do you get a pit crew? Well, they just get your mates. Like, is it? Yeah. Hey, we have a pit crew in this room now. So if we Think were about just, it, yeah. you, know, you, you can do anything you want to do to help, and bang, you've got a pit crew. Yeah. If you want to be involved, that's it. Like I'll, I'll clean the front window. Like that's the, it, done. Like, do people go to... the window, clean. Oh, no, like, could it. you go to TAFE and... Where get, were you at Bathurst, mate? We needed you. <laughs> could, could you go to TAFE and get a group of young apprentices? Yes, or? of course. And you get a bunch of guys. And, and we're doing that now. We've got a young guy helping us who's coming from uh, the Albury Rodonga TAFE. Yep. And he's doing a motorsport course, um, some Cert 4 motorsport course. So, you know, they, these kids do this course and then they look to get employed or get involved with, with a, a bigger team they want to go work for a V8 supercar team whatever it is and um, we've got him doing work experience if you will with us come to the track and helps us with the RSA yeah. cup cars and he was at the, the six hour with us when we ran the production car up there because you, you look at the F1 like it, it, it is a team and there's with F1 there's people on in England in their factories like dealing with um, the electronics and the, and the, and, and the computers in the car but the pit crew themselves, is there a, for a young apprentice, is there a stepping stone to get to that level, to get to Europe? So it's not just about being a race car driver. Could you sort of turn up to Ferrari, knock on the door and say, hey, I want to change tires for you guys? No, I don't think so. I mean, like, they, they probably put a, the, 
the best you get, they put a broom in your hand and they sweep the sweep floor. The, floor. Yeah, the training they do, you know, how fast they can take the wheel, yeah. how fast to put the fuel, the training all the time, you know. Yeah, but how do they get there? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. sure. What's the stepping stones? Well, that's why there's this um, motorsport course with TAFE now. Oh, so wow. These okay. kids can be trained properly in all aspects of motorsport. And, you know, and, and get to, to get a job with a team that needs someone who has some idea of, of what it means to be a crew member. So, yeah, there's that course now, which is great. Oh, wow. Otherwise, you just start grassroots as your mate, helping other mates, you know. And then get to meet other teams. And, and, and you learn a little bit, learn a bit more, learn a bit more, and then once you've been around for long enough and you're starting to get it's networking. an it's, idea, it's, you end up with a, like a proper team or a yeah. real race team as such, and then maybe you're getting paid and you work your way up, Yeah. you know. So, yeah, you can do that, and it's, it's all about being devoted to it. And that's what this kid we've got to do Yeah. And uh, by the way, he looks like Ed Sheeran. Oh, I remember <laughs> that now. He's splitting. Like, I, I remember him that the yeah. six hour so now. Yeah, we just is. call him Ed. Does he bring a guitar with him? Or does he no, just... he, you know. They interviewed, the, 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 they were talking to you, remember? <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the six hour at Bathurst. Yeah. Interviewed him on TV. Yeah. And he said he's going to do a concert later. He introduced as Ed Sheeran, you're going to do a concert later. <laughs> yes, that's, that's right. Yeah, important. he sat near me for dinner, didn't he? Or opposite me? One that's, of the Luke, if you're listening, Luke out there, sure. mate, we really appreciate your help with that. You're, you're a legend. Thanks he for having us. He just didn't know how to play it. Fucking <laughs> how funny is that? Yeah, I wonder if he knows how to play guitar. <laughs> just bring it to the track. <laughs> but no job was too hard for him. He'd do anything you ask him to do, and he'd do it with flash. Oh, awesome! Great, great kid. Really, really clean, clean as mustard, you know. And, and it is a team sport. You just want everyone. You've got to get on with with everyone. And, and like, if you do crash a car, these guys stay up all night, panel beating, fixing, repairing, yeah, well, just to get all, yeah. it back on. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Or well, was that staying up all night to repair? Oh, you should, not not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. We're not racing tonight. We're just talking on a microphone. But um, you, you get that. Like, well, they used the, to have in Bathurst. The, the tape still, used to go up there. Yeah, the tape were there, and they used to help fix. Cars. Well, Dick Johnson with the Rock, they're up all night. There was one car the paint was still wet when it came out on the track. Now, um, now, yeah, but now they just change the panels. Oh yeah, it's ripping. They're pre, yeah, especially with the, the new chassis, chassis yeah. and the the jet. What is it? Yeah. Gem free chassis. I can't remember what they're bringing out. Now. Car of the future. And, and yeah. No, but there's a new chassis coming up for next year for V8 supercars. Yeah, I think it's being postponed. Has it? Yeah. Oh. Because of COVID. And money. No. Why has it been postponed? And why is it postponed? Costs. They're not ready yet. Yeah. Where is the future of Australian racing? TCR. TCR. TCR? That's why we are working. So TCR. Look, it's real and it's relative to what we drive on the road. Of course. And what the, the gen now generation, so they, the now school Tom. Yeah. The uh, now school people. The new school. Can new, school to new school. New school. The different brands and manufacturers of cars that are in TCR. So it's not just Holland and Ford. It's it's you know it's I'm going to say every manufacturer, but a very wide spectrum of manufacturers are involved in TCR. And TCR is a worldwide formula. Yeah. Okay. FIA sanctioned worldwide formula. It runs all around the world. All the rules are the same. The cars come from overseas. You can't build a car. You have to buy it buy from a manufacturer built. So then you just put the fuel in, put the tyres on it, and go. So the V8s are gone? No, they haven't gone, but they're, I don't know. I think they're phasing, personally, I think they're phasing themselves out. It's cheaper. And 
cheaper to run. It's just too expensive. No, it's gone beyond everything well, now. Well, it's Ford It's not the Holden Ford no. thing no. that it used to and be. And that's what Australians love, the Holden Ford. Well, that's gone now. Has yeah. Ford got a TCR car? And they've got a Focus or something, or no? No. So they're not even... So you're looking at cars you see on the road, Golf GDIs, yep. um, I30Ns, yep. which I had a test in. Audi, VW, Toyota, Honda. So it's mainly the Europeans. Yeah. Yeah, but that's Say all there is now. We don't even make a car. Yeah, yet. I know that. So it's all gone. Yeah, I know. I know. It's the way of the, way of the world. Well, it's going to change a lot in the next couple of years then. Well, they're getting smaller engines and more power. But they're getting... But the, the, the they're getting a Toyota just, now. One point, what is it? A 1.63 cylinder. You can go and buy a Yaris. Yeah. yeah. You can go buy a Camry and it'll smash any V8 from 20 years ago. If you, lined up, if you lined up an SS Commodore on a Camry, <laughs> the Camry would smack it. Yeah, I know, yeah. You get yeah. a three, three, what, three, four, eight Ferrari and a Camry, and I know which one's going to win. Yeah, and it's not going to be the Ferrari, I'll tell you Why? That. Why? <laughs> because no one knows how to drive manual. <laughs> the Camry's got traction control. <laughs> What's that new Honda that kicks ass? The, the yeah, i30n the i30n and there's an i20 coming out which is that they were running off yeah that's the formula two litre turbocharged 350 horsepower what that Connie you know that sports car that you used to have the Connie yeah they've got a two litre it's a 1.3 litre three cylinder 650 horsepower yeah it's got probably electric batteries and powertrain and hybrids and way of the future yeah but the supercars well Rick, thank you for inviting us again and, and talking about old school racing. <laughs> old school, old school. <laughs> no, good school. And a touch, of, a touch school. of new school too with the future. And uh, mate, thank you for having us on. And um, rate us, review us, and if you and Tom's here as well. So if you want to support Tom Shaw, get in contact with us, and we'll put you through to Tom and Rick and help them out with their endeavours with some sponsorship. So thank you for having us. Yeah, thank and, you. And um, good luck in the future as well. All right, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks too. Bye for now. Thank you.